Hi, everyone. Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I don't just cover films of the 1980s there, although I do have a, an emphasis to a certain degree. Most of the films that I cover are newer movies, films of the 90s, 2000s. In fact, most of the films that I review currently are films that are out in theaters right now. In fact, that's the subject of my other podcast. It's called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. Just search for it wherever you're listening to this right now, and you'll probably find it. Or you can go to my website, quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net for the links. Today, we're going to get into the third of the films. I didn't mention it last week. I meant to, but I skipped it. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was going to be reviewing this for around the world in 80s movies for this week. It is called The Goonies. It's from 1985. It is a fan favorite. If you're a fan of films of the 1980s specifically, and and I imagine that's most of you who are listening to this podcast, because why would you listen to a whole podcast about an entire decade of films that you may not necessarily care about? It's in the upper echelon, I think, among favorite films. Obviously, as with The Blues Brothers, I don't consider it one of the greatest films ever made, but you know, these films are favorites for a lot of people, and certainly The Goonies qualifies for millions of people who love films of the 1980s. I do want to get that out of the way because there is a caveat here. I do try to be a little bit objective when it comes to movies in terms of its strengths and weaknesses. If you're wanting to get a huge fan take and don't want to hear anything at all, that might be a little bit critical about one of your all-time favorite films. This is probably the time to stop this review because I'm going to be objective here. And I will start off by saying The Goonies, while I do recognize that it is a greatly admired and beloved movie, it is a film that I like. I still haven't quite grown to love the film. So take that for what it's worth when you hear the review. It's a movie I was about 14 when it came out. I feel like this movie garnered more love from younger audiences over time. Like if you grew up in the 90s, if you're a kid in the 90s and you watch The Goonies, for some reason I think that you were a little bit more prone to thinking The Goonies was a great film than a person in their mid-teens in the mid-1980s. There are exceptions, of course. There are going to be people who don't agree with me on that, but you can write to me. That's what my website is for. You can find my contact information there and let me know. You are a Goonies fan from day one. It was the greatest film for you. Now, The Goonies does have a silly and predictable story. I will say that from an objective eye. Some stereotypical characters are here. You know, you have the portrayal of, of murderous and thieving Italian-Americans as this family, the Fratellis, which means brothers, literally means brothers in Italian. The Fratelli brothers are the brothers' brothers. The Italian family here drew anti-defamation protests at the time of its release, so a little bit more of the stereotyping But yet it overcomes all of that for most people because it is a very fun and very imaginative old school adventure. It's a lot like Raiders of the Lost Ark, but aimed a little bit more toward the younger set, adolescence and earlier. So it's no surprise that Steven Spielberg produced this young indie adventure because of that tie-in with the Indiana Jones type series. He also wrote the original story that would later be used by the screenwriter Chris Columbus for the screenplay that was eventually directed by Richard Donner. And further begging the comparison between The Goonies and the Indiana Jones series, Jonathan Kwan, who played Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom just the year before, he does make an appearance in this movie as a similarly high-strung adventurer with a gift for gadgets. 
But he's just one of an ensemble cast. Sean Astin, I would say, gets the main star kind of by default. He's Mikey. He's the youngest of two brothers who are about to move from their home in Astoria, Oregon, because their family lacks the funds to stop a developer from taking over the area who wants to expand a lush country club with a golf course. And this happens to be a golf course that he intends to build on a very hilly, very wooden patch of land that's next to the ocean. Seems like the worst place for a golf club, but yet that's what we have here. All of the families here are going to move. They don't have the money, unfortunately. And that is going to end the many friendships with the other children in the area who are going to be moving to different parts of the country. They've dubbed this part of the country the Goondocks. They call themselves the Goonies. And their credo is kind of like they're united in their quest for adventure and shenanigans. And things take an interesting turn when there's this map that's discovered in Mikey's father's collection of antiques in their attic. And that promises to lead them to the secret fortune of the infamous One-Eyed Willie, whose cache of jewels promises to make them rich beyond imagination. Once they get through all of the pirate booty traps, I mean booby traps, that's what I said, the gang end up finding the entrance to the caves where the loot is hidden. But there's this rival group of thieves that threatens to get there first and probably to kill anyone who gets in their way. More to the story than that, obviously, it's an adventure film, so I'm just setting you up for the adventure. The rest of it is the fun. Although it is a bit potty mouth, The Goonies is an innocuously fun family adventure. It does deliver on entertainment. It doesn't really sparkle with super smart dialogue or a lot of fresh developments you're not going to be expecting from the advertising. It tends to be a little bit corny, a little contrived, very cartoonish, but once you conclude that it plays mostly for laughs and fun... You'll probably have no problem just accepting it for the silly adventure that it is and join in on that adventure. There are a lot of Easter eggs in the mix, different times, sloth wears and a, a Raiders shirt. At that time, they were the Los Angeles Raiders, although Matuzak played for that team in Oakland in his football days, the Oakland Raiders. And I should note here, the Raiders has a lot of meanings here because the insignia foretells One-Eyed Willie's appearance. The Raiders' uh, mascot, I guess you would call it, has an eye patch. And Raiders could also be a reference to producer Steven Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark, which the Goonies obviously is a derivative of in many ways. Later on, the character of Sloth, played by Matusek, wears a Superman shirt. Director Richard Donner directed the first two Superman films, or at least most of the first two, the first one and most of the second one. And there's a reference here to Gremlins. Screenwriter Christopher Columbus scripted that one as well for Steven Spielberg's Amblin, which is mentioned by a police officer who's going through one of Chunk's outlandish stories, saying that he saw little creatures that multiply when you throw water at them. The ensemble of actors, both young and old, proved to be pretty fun. But I think that this film belongs to the child actor portrayals. Mostly Jeff Cohen, who plays Chunk, steals most of his scenes through his naturalistic comedic instincts. Although having the fat kid unable to pass up constantly eating, that's yet another one of the film stereotypes. I don't think that has dated as well. As far as the adults go, John Matuzak has an endearing presence as the hulking sloth covered with a lot of what they call ugly makeup. So ugly it's cute, I guess. In reality, though, Matuzak suffered a lot of injuries during the many hard years of football. It made it impossible for him to do a lot of the physical feats that Sloth has to perform. And it was done admirably by a stunt person within the film for most of it. The Fratelli brothers scored two terrific character actors here that I really like throughout the 80s. Joe, Joey Pants, Pantoliano, 
and Robert Davi, who sings in this film some opera. If you're wondering if that was really him singing so well, he actually is a classically trained opera singer. He does his own singing within The Goonies. All of that said, I'm not going to say from a critical measure, this is a really great film. The acting is not stellar. The screenplay here often encroaches into the realm of schmaltz, particularly when the Goonies need inspiring from one of Mikey's insipid pep speeches like, this is our time and Goonies never say die. Or how Mikey oddly keeps referring to the treasure as the rich stuff that for some reason rubs me the wrong way when that happens. But you watch a film that many times. Sometimes you embrace them. Sometimes you just let it continue to bother you. There are some inane set pieces in the film. For instance, one where the Goonies start tinkering with some pipes that cause this physics-defying havoc to run in the country club just above. And pretty much every gadget that gets conjured up by Data is nothing more than a mini deus ex machina whenever the kids are stymied as to how to get out of a particular predicament. But for me, trying to examine this as a film that is not beloved by most people... I do want to call those out. There is a pirate ship here that's magnificent. It's within a cave, which was an elaborate set built in the studio in Burbank. It was constructed to look identical to the one that was used in the Errol Flynn movie, The Seahawk, which happens to be foreshadowed by Sloth watching it on a television, at least that scene. It was deliberately kept a secret. This set was kept a secret to the young actors so that their reactions when they first see it would be genuine. Although... Their reaction, it was great. They were completely floored by seeing the pirate ship, but it ended up having to get reshot because some of them began to use language not suitable for a PG rating when they saw it. Kind of a funny story there. There are also a number of movie logic moments that will likely rankle a few people who pay attention to minutia, as I do. There's a jailbreak sequence early in the film shows Robert Davi has put on his hat and coat after he assaults this prison guard and then runs with cops who are in hot pursuit. They're just seconds behind, but he puts on his hat and coat. But I guess he figured he had time because as they're coming out of the county jail, they also are putting on their hats and coats. I guess it wasn't really that much of a dire situation to them. The scene where they go into the summer-only restaurant the Fratellis are hiding in appears to have gone completely into disarray in the fall. If it was open in the summer and then by the fall, the set is full of rotting boards and cobwebs and a cockroach infestation. Those kinds of scenes are a little bit hard to believe. But, like I said, this is a movie where you have to go with the flow. If you're into it, if you're a kid especially, you're going to love it. My daughter loved it. My wife Not so much. She actually refused to watch it with me because she didn't like it the first time we watched it. So just me and my daughter. My daughter loves it. She's seven years old now. It is that sweet spot, I think. And I feel if you hit that in that sweet spot right then, it's probably going to be a much-loved film for you forever. Somehow it never quite hit me right as hard. So I guess I'm in the minority here for people who love films in the 1980s. I like Goonies. It is a really fun film. I don't mind watching it as many times as I can. There are a lot of sequences I really enjoy. Spielberg's instincts at the time, as far as the historical, I guess, performance of it, they were right on the promise of the film. It earned $60 million, a little bit over $60 million at the box office. It did manage to squeak in the top 10 for the box office performers for 1985. But they never did a follow-up. You would think that a film that was at least moderately successful as The Goonies was and would become a much-beloved favorite throughout the 90s, would at least get a sequel. And it has been much talked about ever since. I mean, every year you hear about, well, we're planning on making a sequel. I think only more recently have they decided that it's probably not likely to happen because of 
Richard Donner's age, or perhaps maybe the disinterest of some of the actors now for getting back into it. Yet the fans really want a continuation. They want to see more. And The Goonies 2 is still one of the great unproduced projects that many millions of people anticipate. Crossing their fingers here, although that may never happen. You might have to throw a coin in the wishing well to see if that ever comes true. For all of its flaws that I mentioned, at least from my eyes, other people may not see those flaws at all. I do think that The Goonies does gain a lot of momentum. It has great charm. It has great imagination. And that makes this a popcorn movie favorite, especially if you love films of the 1980s. It's hard to go wrong here. I'm not going to be somebody who proclaims it as great as, say, those Indiana Jones adventures from which it obviously drew some inspiration, at least in the mind of Steven Spielberg. But like Cindy Lauper says in her song that's on the soundtrack, the big hit for her, the Goonies are good enough. And I'm going to give it a recommendation. By the way, isn't it strange? Because a music video does get shown in the film. It's not the full music video that you see if you were watching MTV or if you're going to go run this on YouTube. But there is a Goonies music video that appears in the movie with the song, The Goonies Are Good Enough. But I personally have never heard of the word Goonies outside of this film. So it's kind of strange to see that there's a major pop star singing a song about the Goonies within a community in Astoria where the kids have called themselves the Goonies, and yet nobody really remarks upon it, about that strange coincidence. And you can just tell me, I'm just a huge nitpicker. I'm ruining the movie. (laughs) Be glad, I guess, you don't watch the movie with me by your side. Three stars out of four is what I'm giving the Goonies. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it for people who like this kind of movie. If you're a huge fan of family fare from the 1980s, Spielbergian films, child adventures, all of that stuff from the 1980s. Certainly, your mileage is going to vary. This is probably a four-star rating for you. If you're somebody like me who likes these kind of popcorn flicks, but don't consider them great big classics by any measure, you'll probably be a little bit more toward my side and give it more of a three-star, maybe two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-star rating. I'm right there in the middle. Three stars out of four goes to The Goonies. And as for next week, if you want to know what I consider to be a four-star adventure, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, I would say it's one of the films from which this movie draws some inspiration. It is from 1981. I'm going to be reviewing it for next week. Steven Spielberg did direct it and produce it. It is called Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that will kick off my next trilogy of films, of course, being the highly anticipated people have been writing to me about it, the Indiana Jones series. So starting off with, I think, the greatest of them all, Raiders of the Lost Ark. As far as adventure films, that is my all-time favorite. And I will be reviewing that for next week. It is my second favorite film of all time, behind a 50s film called Vertigo. And it was my favorite film from the time I was about 10 to the time I was about 20. So that is a film that really got to me at the right time in the right place. Raiders of the Lost Ark on next week's around the world in 80s movies. If you haven't seen it, I can't imagine any of you who watch films in the 1980s who has not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. But if you haven't, I do encourage you, I beg you, I plead with you to check that out for next week. Until next time, thanks everyone. Don't forget my website, quipster.net. For the contact information, send me that nasty letter for ever saying anything at all critical about your beloved Goonies. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, thanks everyone for joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies. Music